Yeah, well, there's one more thing and it's making their life easier. What I mean by that is, you know, I've been approached by people you probably have as well that, you know, are all over the place with, hey, let's do something together. Love your stuff. You know, that we're going to make so much money together, all that stuff. And then it's like, okay, this is cool. This is interesting, but it's so ambiguous. Well, how do we get started? You know, what are the next steps? And it's not turnkey for them. You know, your dream referral sources, regardless of what industry you're in, they're busy. You know, they've got team, they've got infrastructure, they've got things that they're doing already, right? They don't have time to figure out how to market you for you, you know? So, so come with um, materials and collateral that they can plug and play and save them time, right? Turnkey is a really important word there. You're listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnielle J. Harmon. If you're ready for high-level conversations that position and prepare you to move your company, cash flow and connection to and beyond the million dollar mark, let's get this party started. This episode is powered by the Move to Millions Quick Start Guide my brand new guide to show you exactly the frameworks that you'll need to have live in your business if you desire to make the move to millions. Learn more and grab the guide today at movetomillionsguide.com. In today's episode, I chat with Yaakov Smart. And let me just tell you, there were so many powerful things that Yaakov said, but the one thing that I wrote down that I wanted to be able to share with you is that when it comes to building relationships, we must be responsive and not reactive. Oh, that was so good. And I hope you just hearing it right now just really just made you realize that you need pen and paper handy because it's going to be such an amazing interview. Let me share just a quick bio on Yaakov. Yaakov is considered to be the leading expert when it comes to attracting A-list adventures and raising capital using LinkedIn. He's the author of Disrupting LinkedIn, an assault after authority by top business owners and sales leaders worldwide. Yaakov has shared the stage with Samantha DiBiancy of Bravo's hit TV show, Million Dollar Listing, and has been a guest on numerous outlets. Listen to me. This conversation was straight fire. My favorite part of our conversation was actually one of the tangents that we went off on when we were talking about value and worth and how we today as grown-ups, as entrepreneurs, as CEOs of our own companies are still plagued by what our parents told us when we were children. I am not going to steal the thunder of that particular piece of our conversation. We also talked specifically about how to build relationships with dream partners and how to avoid the approach anxiety that most people feel when it's time to find their next set of partners. If you are ready to finally build relationships with dream partners who can bring you an influx consistently of your most ideal clients, grab that pen, grab that paper, and listen in as we jump into my interview with Yaakov Smart. Welcome to the Move to Millions podcast, Yaakov. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. How are you? I am so good. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. When we spoke previously, I was excited because I don't know a lot of people talking about investors and getting investors. And I know that it's a really, really powerful way to move your business to the next level. But before we go there and I get ahead of myself, why don't you just take a quick moment and tell everybody who you are in your own words? 
Yeah, for sure. So we can talk about the raising capital side. It's interesting because there's a couple of sides to my business right now that you know we work with people on. There's the raising capital side, which you know is relevant for some entrepreneurs, not for others. And then on the broader scale, you know, there's connect and profit, which is all about creating partnerships and relationships through LinkedIn and other sources that create revenue for businesses. So, you know, I come from a background of, you know, I grew up always wanting to be an entrepreneur and have my own business. And it was fascinating to me uh, when I was getting started, just the level of potential and opportunity in most businesses for attracting clients. And, you know, what I quickly realized, and you probably have as well, is that a lot of small business owners, you know, they, they depend on almost exclusively word of mouth for growing their businesses and generating leads. And I was just fascinated at how much frustration and how much even shooting there was from business owners on, you know, setting up lead gen systems, whether it was marketing, advertising, you know, doing these things, there, there was a lot of reluctance to it. And so mm-hmm. right now, you know, part of my passion is in showing people how to build bridge that gap through developing, I call them dream referral relationships. Um, and being able to do that. And that way, you know, they can get what I like to tell people is they can attract all the clients they want without doing a lot of the marketing and advertising that they think they should and that they secretly resent doing. That's so good. I definitely want to talk about that. I want to talk a, not I don't want the focus of our time together to be about investing or getting investors. But I think like when I was looking at what we could talk about today, I love the relationship piece. And having getting the right investors is about relationships, right? Like being able to convey who you are in such a way that people are willing to put their quote unquote name on the line to be able to put you in front of someone who could actually help you. So I definitely want to dig into all of that. What like understanding the frustration that small business owners have and probably seeing not only this reluctance in your own clients and things that you work with, like what has been the common thread, as you see, is the reason why people don't actually build these relationships and leverage them in order to build a system that allows them to constantly have referrals coming in to move their business forward? Yeah, so it's a great question. It's kind of digging under the hood, which I love, of you know why it is that people don't do it, right? So there's some common themes, commonalities, and it starts with having the right mentality, right? Because there's this this fear of the unknown. A lot of people think they're not ready yet to put themselves out there and build either investor relationships or referral relationships because the other person or the other business seems like they're so much further along and people question what value they have to provide, right? That's a big, big reason. Another reason is, you know, it's called approach anxiety, right? You know, it's the fear of getting rejected. If you put yourself out there, make yourself vulnerable, reach out to someone to build that key relationship. And they say, no, thank you. Or what if, you know, people get into a lot of what ifing in their heads? What if they get laughed at? Or, you know, what if, you know, the person just kind of rolls their eyes and, or, you know, what if the person tells all the other people how much they suck, right? These are all like, you know, 99.9% of the time, none of these things happen, but it's really easy to go down the rabbit hole. So I think people kind of psych themselves out. And then the third piece is people are busy, right? Especially small business owners. They don't have the right systems in place for creating these relationships. And, you know, some people have had the experience. I know I have when I was starting out 
you know, there's lots of networking groups and meetings that people can go to. And I used to kind of joke and say, listen, I hate traditional networking. I hate, you know, having to show up in that same room every hour and hear people's elevator pitches. It's so manufactured and fake. And, you know, they're usually not sitting in the room, especially if they're a professional service provider or even a coach, author, consultant with people who can truly send them multiple potential clients every month. Right. So it's, you know, having those conversations that go nowhere, um, that waste people's time and energy. And, you know, we can talk about why a lot of those conversations go nowhere as well. Yeah. But when people think about that and, you know, the idea of, you know, having to put themselves out there in this way, it, it can certainly be a little intimidating, especially if they don't see themselves as people, people, or as extroverts, right. right. Which is really interesting because I think some of the best connectors and the best relationship builders are introverts, right? yeah. you know, aren't like, I know, I know for me, you know, there's always so many conversations I want to have in a day, right. I want to kind of do my thing and flow through the day. So exactly that part right there, Jakob, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. You said so many powerful things. So I just want to pull back for everyone who's listening to make sure that they did not miss the nuggets. And it's going to give us even more to dig deeper, as you said, to get underneath the hood around. So the first thing is mindset, questioning their value. We could do a whole nother conversation on that, but there's some things that you said that I I want to nibble on a little bit. You said often they get approach anxiety as a result of the fear of getting rejected and they start what ifing. Like, honestly, I feel like it doesn't matter who I talk to. It doesn't matter the podcast episode. It all comes back to mindset and the way that you see yourself and you see the value that you hold in your particular industry and then in the marketplace at large. <laughs> Which words should you be using, Danielle? Like, so I think that it is so important that we take a few minutes and nibble on that because the people that are listening, whether we're talking about building relationships to find people who can invest in their business idea or concept, or we're talking about building relationships that are going to give them a steady stream of referrals that will become clients in their programs through their products and services, it all is going to start with the way that they see themselves and their values. So what are some of the things that for the clients that you work with, because you've recognized this problem, right? And there's a hide it that you want to solve this problem for people. So what are some of the things that you have done to help your clients to not what if themselves to get over their um, anxiety, their approach anxiety, and to see themselves as valuable as others see them? It starts with being responsive instead of reactive. And what I mean by that is doing the work ahead of time to identify who their specific, I call them dream referral partners or dream JV partners are. And my definition of that is people who can fairly consistently send them three or more potential clients every month. That's kind of the, the working so definition we use with people. I love and that. So I, yep. And so identifying who those people are and then taking a minute before you even reach out to anyone or quote unquote approach anyone, asking yourself the question, what do these people want? What are the ways to add value to these people, right? And I'll give you some of those ways in a second, but I want to also kind of touch on this point when, when you do the work in advance, right? When you sit down and think about it, it could take you half an hour and that's it. And you've, you've done it. You've got a toolkit. You've got different tools. You've got different ways you can convey value these dream referral sources or dream JV partners where you know, walking into the conversation, clearly 
how to articulate the value that you can provide, right? That it's very distinct and easy to say. And when you do that, you know, it becomes more about them than it does about you, which is really important because I always tell people, especially if they're, you know, kind of starting out or unsure of themselves, hey, you know, it's all about what's in it for them. You know, people, if they're seeing the value for them, that's really what they care about, you know, before they even care about you and your accolades and accomplishments and all that, you know kind of fancy stuff. So there's a few key ways in any business that you can give value to a dream JV partner, a dream referral partner. Number one, believe it or not, is making them look good. Okay. Everyone wants to look good, right? If you've got value you can share with their audience, or if you've got an offer that can make them look good, they're all about it, right? Mm -hmm. Number two, and I'll just go through a list of these and we can elaborate on any of these. The second one is, you know, giving them another reason to get in front of their customers or to get in front of their unconverted leads, right? Because, you know, creating content takes up a lot of bandwidth for people. So if you've got plug and play content they can share with their folks, it's a piece of value. It saves them time. Number three, and this kind of goes with making them look good is, are you solving a major challenge for their client? right? Can you create something that very clearly solves a problem that their people have? That's a really keeping it plug in because then it becomes very complimentary. Fourth thing too is, you know, does it create revenue in their business, right? Now, what I mean by that isn't necessarily giving someone an affiliate commission or, you know, referral commission. It can be, it can be in some cases, but there's industries like, for example, with law practices where that's illegal, right? So how can you create revenue for the other business? Well, you can send them more clients potentially who can you send them. You can potentially give them exposure by sharing their stuff on social media or Mm -hmm. sharing their stuff with your email list, your database, no matter how big it is, right? Even if you have a small email list, that's still exposure. That's still publicity, eyeballs, traction, momentum, all those things that you're giving them, right? And then the other way to do that is when they put you in front, just like this podcast, for example, you know, when it gets in front of more people, people see your business, it builds their trust and credibility as well, which ultimately is going to lead to more revenue for you. And then of course, you know, having that formalized affiliate program or referral commission in businesses where that applies is another great way to do it too. But it's more of, and this is what people sometimes fail to understand I see that more as the cherry on top rather than the Sunday, right? Because, you know, especially if people are in it for the long term, reputation is everything, right? They're not, especially those kind of dream referral sources, they're not in it to make a quick buck. The money's kind of a good supplement to everything else. But if you do those other things and then you have that cherry on top, it really creates a powerful offer. And it's something that's easy for them to say yes to. And now all of a sudden you're building and conveying a ton of value for them. That's so good. You said so much. I didn't want to stop you because first and foremost, I know you guys, as you're going to be listening to this episode, you won't be able to see Yaka, but he is flowing. I'm not seeing him glance in any other direction. So that means he knows what he knows. He's not looking at any notes. He's just just going off the top of his head, which I love because that means he's got a depth of information, which is why I wanted to share them, share him with all of you. So many good things you said. And because you were just flowing, I just want to pull him back again and make sure no one missed the powerful nugget. So the first thing is to be responsive, not reactive. That was so good. I wanted to smack you. Like if we were face to face, I so would have reached out and touched you because so many people are not responsive. They are reacting to everything, which is fear, right? Fear is why we react because when we have confidence, we prepare. So I love that you said, do the work in advance. 
And this is what you said. I don't even know if you said this, but it was so good. When you do the work in advance, you get a toolkit that you'll be able to use over and over and over. It's about creating a system that makes your success predictable, which is so really powerful. And then all of the quick ways that he just blurted off that you could add value are so important. I think about this and I can't remember where I first heard this quote or this concept of the giver's gain, right? So you focus on giving and understanding that there's universal law, there's scripture, there's so many things that talk about when you give, it will be given back to you. You know, the Bible says pressed down, shaken together and running over, right? So there's something magical, something powerful. You talked about momentum that happens when we focus on giving. And then the ways that we give, number one, by making them look good. So there's a couple of different things that in addition to what Yaakov has already shared that you can do to make them look good. The most important thing is that you know your stuff. (laughs) If they present you to their community, their clients, their customers, and you are the best thing since pockets, they are instantly getting in a lift in the way that they're seen in their community. And then I love this, giving them another reason to get in front of their customers. So presenting them with something that is contrarian, but also complementary to whatever they are actually offering to them. So it becomes like a full service type of opportunity or like a one-stop shop, right? If you can get everything you need within a specific community, why would you go anywhere else? And so anytime we're able to really think about who we are looking to partner with and doing that due diligence and research up front to validate that you can make a difference inside of their community and then showing up prepared for that opportunity, those relationships are going to be so much stronger. And then I also love that, Yaakov, you talked about the revenue piece as kind of an afterthought which I can totally get behind because I think if we lead with trying to make money, then we present this desperation energy Mm. instead of presenting this energy of community, of connection. It just taints the whole experience, right? I don't want to do anything I do just for the money. I want to make an impact first because I know that when I make that impact, I'll be able to make the income. I love all of that. I mean, I don't know if there was, didn't really cut you off, but I felt like you could keep going in terms of, this particular facet, is there anything else you would want to share here before we shift and talk about some of the other things that you've identified? Yeah, well, there's one more thing and it's making their life easier. What I mean by that is, you know, I've been approached by people you probably have as well that, you know, are all over the place with, Hey, let's do something together. Love your stuff. You know, that we're going to make so much money together, all that stuff. And then it's like, okay, this is cool. This is interesting, but it's so ambiguous. Well, how do we get started? You know, what are the next steps? And it's not turnkey for them. You know, your dream referral sources, regardless of what industry you're in, they're busy. You know, they've got team, they've got infrastructure, they've got things that they're doing already, right? They don't have time to figure out how to market you for you, you know? So, so come with um, materials and collateral that they can plug and play and save them time, right? Turnkey is a really important word there. Yeah, I love that turnkey. And it is so important. I know I've been invited to participate in, you know, joint venture types of things and and they didn't have all of the pieces. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't have time to be writing two solo mailers to my list. I need you to send me something that we can make ours because we don't have time for that. Right. And so I think it is such an important tip to be able to add that in. When I think back to, you know, what you initially said about some of the biggest challenges that you see and specifically around that approach anxiety that happens. And I, I just love how you laid out this framework that'll make it very easy to avoid a lot of that anxiety that might show up. 
like the Bible says it this way, it says study to show yourself approved, right? And so when I think about this as business owners that want to partner and build these dream referral networks, we've got to study to show ourselves approved. So let's talk a little bit about what does that look like? What is my study? Not And I want to look at study from the angle of the person I'm approaching mm. as opposed to study from the angle of who I am. So we're going to assume that I know who I am. I know my stuff. For this particular question, what do I need to learn about my potential partner to be able to present myself in such a way that when I show up to make them look good and to add value and to bring something that they're not currently offering to their community, I'm basically making them a godfather offer, right? I'm giving them an offer they can't refuse. Like, what are some of the things I need to research and know about them before we get started? Yeah. So the first thing is, you know, the very first research stage is who are you even approaching, right? Because if you're not approaching the right people, they're going to end up wasting a lot of your time and their time. So it's, you know, having clear litmus tests. And these are going to be different for every type of business, but, Mm -hmm. you know, by and large, it's the list that you build. And let's say, you know, for most people, it's going to be anywhere from 50 to 300 people. And there's a range of potential, Mm -hmm. you know, referral sources, right? These can include businesses. These can include people. And it it varies a little bit by business and industry, but whatever that range is, it's important. I'm big. I'm being selective and Mm -hmm. having quality over quantity. And I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that one of the mistakes I've made in the past is, you know, I think this mistake actually happens with a lot of people. It comes from a bit of a lack mindset where they're like, Hey, let's just, you know, talk to as many people as possible and good things will come. Well, not really. You know, (laughs) if it's not the right fit, you just end up wasting time and draining energy. Right. I'd rather talk to less people, but really have, you know, a great opportunity for them and for me. So that's a really, really big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So the next part of that, right. Is, you know, when we think about, you know, doing the due diligence, researching who they are, there's things you can look for online. You you can look to see on their website and what, you know, a lot of people have similar messaging, but what I look for is kind of the communication style, right? And there's a, a cool tool out there. I'm not an expert in this tool, but it's a good framework to at least know if you understand a little bit of it, it's, it's a good framework for communicating and understanding people is the bank assessment. It's really mm-hmm. popular. You know, there's a great book, but you know, what's kind of their, their style, right? You know, and you know, some people, it's interesting too. You can usually pick up on website copy, LinkedIn copy, you know, what's important to them as well, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how they communicate, what they lead with too. Mm-hmm. So that's a really key thing. You can see podcasts that they've been on, you know, see if they, they, they've got any content circulating out there and kind of understand, you know, who you're communicating with and also understand who their audience is and really, you know, what it is, the product or service that they're offering, right? Mm-hmm. And if they've gotten out of their way, which a lot of the times they have to make themselves unique. Right. Mm -hmm. And this also ties into that initial approach. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. this is another kind of challenge that people have with approaching these dream referral sources or dream JV partners. And even with lead generation in general, it's, you know, it's very easy. And as someone who teaches messaging and marketing and, and has taught it for years, it's very easy to talk about, you know, what happens after the person has raised their hand, isn't interested, you know, what do you put in 
the email, how right. you tell your story, you know, how do you structure the webinar? Well, the, the issue is getting them to be interested in the first place, right? Because right. there's two types of people out there with your prospects and even with your dream referral sources, there's people who essentially care enough to raise their hand and, you know, mm-hmm. lean in and want to know more. And there's everyone else who's drowning in noise out there. And your first goal with the approach is to instantly establish value and connection where they say, okay, I'm curious. I'll learn more. This is, this is interesting, right? So it's cutting through the noise is really, really important and understanding who they are is going to allow you to do that. Yeah, that's so good. There's so many things that I think in your due diligence search that you need to look at. And so I'm interested. And I know when we first met, we talked about this where do your core values, like where does that play in the way that you approach them? And if you even approach them, I love that you said, like, who are you approaching, building out this list, figuring out what your litmus test, you know, are your core values part of those litmus tests? Or is that a different layer after they've gotten past a certain level? Like when you think about it from that standpoint, what would you share? So for me, I look at it kind of analytically. So there's an art and a science to it, right? Mm -hmm. So analytically, are they doing, because I know what my business model is. I know who my ideal customers are. Are they truly doing business with those ideal customers? Do they have something that's at some sort of scale, right? Right. You know, where else are they appearing online, right? Because if they, you know, have three clients and not much of a database or not much of a reach, well, that's probably, you know, not a dream referral source for me. So that's the first thing that I evaluate. And then usually in the, between the website and, you know, the initial introductory conversation, you'll kind of get a feel for their communication style, right? Mm -hmm. What's kind of important to them. When it comes to core values, I actually, I look at it a little differently. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily list mine on the website, but I know what mine are, right? So I know, and that's part of intentionality for me, right? So seeing Mm -hmm. if there's overlap or if there's any like red flags, right? And I know like for me, one of my big, big, big core values, honoring my commitments, right? Mm -hmm. I would go out of my way to honor a commitment. And if, you know, if let's say, they agree to a meeting and then, you know, and they said, we're going to send over X, Y, and Z and they don't send it over. Well, you know, red flag, they're not honoring their commitment. Right. And yeah. usually how things start is how they continue. So that's kind of what I've observed. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. I, you know, core values are very important, but you yeah. have to also look at the business side of it as well. Oh, absolutely. Like, and that's why I wanted to get your take on it. Cause like, for me, I feel like there is definitely a time and place for it. I don't think I'm concerned about core values until I know that I even like you. Exactly. Like, so I'm not leading with (laughs) what are their core values, right? But I'm like, okay, I like what they're doing. I can see how what they're doing is different than what I'm doing, even though we might be serving the same audience, right? I can see how they can add value to my community. I can see how I might add value to their community. And, but, and as I'm starting to go down my tickler list of the things that I'm looking for, then it becomes, you know, it becomes important, right? Because now if we're thinking about putting our brands together in some capacity, right? Even if it's as slight as a podcast interview or as massive as looking at doing some type of a program or event together, regardless, we're combining brands. And do I want my brand to be associated with your brand? Like if, something came down the pike, like, would I be okay with it? Like, I remember, oh gosh, I don't know. It was one of my good friends. They had started a business relationship with someone who ended up getting like scandal happened in the media. And this was like a big person. Like this wasn't a, you know, a small business, an entrepreneur. This was a person that was an influencer before influencers were a thing. 
And they had started building a relationship. And then this particular person got caught up in a huge scandal. Now, the problem is that my friend and colleague didn't do their due diligence to validate that their core values were in alignment. So if they had done that, they would have never been associated with this person. But they got hooked on the, oh, this person has a big community. It'll be a big following. Like they kind of led with the money, which we've already talked about. We don't recommend people doing. And as a result of that, this scandal ensued and their brand got bundled up into the scandal and it almost killed their business because they didn't do their due diligence. So so I'm with you. I don't think it's the leading point, but I think that it does become a, a point in time we need to be concerned about it and think about the role that it plays. And even myself, like today, you know, in the age of all of the things that are happening inside of my community, like I literally ask partners, are you Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter? Because in my opinion, in the whole argument, and I'm not the uber political person, but all lives can't matter if Black lives don't matter. Now, we could go on a whole nother diatribe about the fact that some to Black people, some Black lives don't matter, right? But in general, like I want to make sure I'm in communication with people and I'm connecting with people who think that I can add value. I remember when I worked in corporate America, I tell the story often. I had just become a personal banking officer. I worked in a Fortune 500 financial services company and I just became a PBO. And so they send you through all of these trainings because now you have the potential to manage the efforts of others. And this class that they sent us to was called Treating People as Important Individuals. And so in this class, this is a tangent, but I think it's relevant. So in this class, we explored different cultures and nationalities and ethnicities and all of the things. And it was supposed to be a ground of conversation, of leveling and community so that we could appreciate each other for our differences. But it went way left. And so there was this one exercise that we did where we basically had to share what we believed to be true about the other races that were present in the room. I was the only person of, well, I was the only Black person. There was an, a Latino person, there was an Asian person, but I was the only Black person. And so the way that the exercise went, we had to share what we believed to be true, that other people said about our races and what other people said about our races. And so, and we had two boards. I'm trying to make this story quick, but it's not being quick. So I apologize, but I got to finish telling the story now. So on one page, you wrote everything that you believed. And so I wrote like intelligent and beautiful and athletic and, you know, inventors and creative and all the positive attributes. And then on the other um, board, you wrote everything that you had heard others say about your race that wasn't necessarily positive. And so it had all of the negative stuff on there. So then as a collective, we went around and we put stickers on the attributes that we believe to be true about the other races. This is such a terrible exercise. So anyway, when it's now time for the breakout, I'm looking at my boards. The only positive attributes that have dots are the ones that I put. Everybody else who's in the room with me doesn't think I'm intelligent or my people are intelligent and creative and blah, blah, blah. I went off. <laughs> I went off. This was me. I mean, and, you know, not to take anything away from all of the people who have lost their lives inside of our community. And of course, as of late with everything that was going on last year. But I literally went off and I was working for a company that people that I worked with every single day didn't think that I was smart and I, I could add value. And still to this day, I mean, like I, we talked about it, right? Like it's important to me to know that if we're going to interface, if you're going to present me to your community and vice versa, you're not just doing it because of the potential gain that can come from it. You're doing it because you actually see the value that I present as an individual. 
And so I do think that core values plays a part and everybody, to your point earlier about litmus tests, needs to determine the point at which it plays the most part for them. But I do think if we're looking at partnership and marrying brands together, we have to think about that. Just like I would not walk up to you on the street. I mean, you're a cute guy, but I'm not walking up to you on the streets of Phoenix, Arizona saying, hey, you want to go to the justice of the peace and get married? <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. Right. I'm going to get to know you first. Let's at least go on a date. Can you buy me dinner before we do that? So I'm making fun. But at the same time, I want to just make sure that as we're talking about this process and, and looking at how to present yourselves to potential partners, you're looking at the potential partner of being worthy of being associated with you too. That's the point that I was trying to make. I know that took me a long time to fly to land that plane, but I think you get my point. <laughs> it's a great point. Exactly. You know, it's understanding your worth. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Right? I think a lot of people, I think especially entrepreneurs, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this too. Kind of, you know, we devalue ourselves and we say, oh, well, it's just, you know, a little old me. I'm just doing these little things. And then from the outside looking in, someone says, oh, wow, you're doing all those things. Or it's, it's crazy. You're brilliant. You know, and sometimes we're too humble. We don't take enough time to brag or really acknowledge how amazing. Oh, I agree. 525%. And the main problem that I have with it, and it, I think it, a lot of it depends on how we're raised. So most of us, we've inherited these ways of being from where we came from. Like, right. you know, if you grew up in a family where you were the ostentatious child and you were constantly silenced, right? Sit down, you know, stop that. You can't do that. Like we had a rich, one of our mastermind retreats. One of my clients was talking about her niece and her niece and her mom was saying, was trying to get her to sing her ABCs for everyone. She's like three or four or something like that. And it's massive that she could do her, her ABCs because it was before her time. Right. And so she starts to do the ABCs, but she's doing it her way. And the mom says, stop that. Do it right. And so I say that to say that many of us, we're falsely humble or we don't know how to honor who we are and our value and what we bring to the table because we were silenced as children. We were told that it's not okay to toot our own horn and to share or exploit what it is about us that makes us great. And that's the biggest disservice that could have ever been done to us because those little people who were silenced grow up to be entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who undercharge entrepreneurs who don't think that they are on the same level of people that they're actually better than. And it just breeds this whole cycle, that rabbit hole that you talked about earlier, that prevents us from being able to be the change we want to be in the world and to transform at the level that we were all born to do so. So yeah, it's bothersome to me. And um, I try my best, you know, as a part of my work and with my clients and the things that I do inside of my community to make sure that I'm creating a space and an environment for people to know that greatness is celebrated here. And it's okay to toot your own horn. In fact, I want you to tell me what makes you great. I don't want to have to figure it out perhaps per chance. I want you to actually tell me. And I think it does make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're very much in alignment there. It's about sharing and you know how we show up and my background too. I had the whole former Soviet Union upbringing. So that's where, where my family came from. And yeah. there, literally, if you speak out or don't do it right, someone can come in the middle of the night and you know take you away. So yeah. that was their conditioning. So it was just interesting, you know, over the years I've kind of noticed why it's like, oh, don't stand out, don't go against the grain. And you know, here I am, like with this wonderful opportunity to absolutely stand out and shine. And I think that's one of the great gifts of business and sharing yeah. and you know, creating content like this. Yeah, that's so good. And it, it's 
it's amazing what we've been through and how it shows up in our businesses as entrepreneurs. And those of us who are lucky to either through our own or with the help of coaches and consultants and mentors get beyond that, we get to be such a service for the world. I think about that Marion Williamson poem, Our Deepest Fear, and that part on the back end where she says, when you let your light shine, you unconsciously give others permission to do the same. Like, I feel like we do humanity a disservice to be humble. I actually really don't. I really don't like that word. And I almost always want to scream when someone says, well, you got to be humble. Where's your humility? Yeah, I'd much rather be the light so someone else knows that it's okay for them to shine, right? Like that's the way that I want to show up and, and how I want to be in the world, which I just think is awesome. We kind of got off on a tangent, but it was such a good tangent that I think it was important that we went there. But I do want to just kind of bring us back as we start to round out our time together. We were talking about your dream referral you've given already so many powerful tips and nuggets that people will be able to come back and listen to over and over again and begin the process of strengthening their own positioning of themselves so that they can present themselves in a way that allows the other party to see the value that they bring to the table as well. Is there anything else that you wanted to be able to share that you didn't get to share? There's nothing that I can think of off the top of my mind. I mean, the one thing that I do always like to mention whenever I'm doing podcasts or trainings is, you know, there's knowledge is great. Implementation is better, right? Even yeah, if you go good. out and you try to implement something and it's not hundred percent perfect, you know, you're going to give yourself, you're going to put yourself in the arena and give yourself the opportunity, right? You're going to yeah. increase your probabilities versus, okay, this stuff sounds great. I need to do the work. And let me, you know, one day when I reach a certain revenue level or when I enroll this many more clients, I'm going to start developing this. Uh-uh, the best time to do it is now. Absolutely. So you can reach those goals and those targets. Absolutely. I agree. Again, 525%. I think it's so important that we implement like otherwise it's just it's just information and there's way too much information out there, which gets a lot of us in trouble. And so I want you guys to make sure that you come back and listen to this episode, I want you to make sure you have pen and paper because there are so many success nuggets that Yaakov already gave you. I'm also going to make sure that we put his information in the show notes. I know he's got a free training that you can learn more about in order to, if you want to get some support around building out dream referral networks, how to be able to do it. I definitely would recommend him just based on what I'm learning about him and what I know that he does. And like I said, this whole interview, you guys, he's just been talking to me which tells me he is a goat. He is definitely at the top of his game and what it is that he knows and what he's able to do for other people. Before I let you go, I do have a few questions I always like to ask to round out our interview because our conversations don't always go in the direction of business. So let's kind of bring it in a little bit more. So three questions, I'll give them to you up first and give you an opportunity to answer one at a time. So what is the last book that you read? What is one quote that you live by? And then what is the tool that you swear by as you continue to move your business to and beyond the million dollar mark? Okay. So the first question is the most recent book. Right? Yes. So it's an interesting book. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. It's actually not a business book. It's called The Truth, an uncomfortable book about relationships. Okay. It's very radical. He shares some very like esoteric experiences. And basically it's the character's journey for discovering who he is in relationships. But it's also beautiful when he talks about, you know, healing inner wounds and a lot of deep stuff there. So it's something that you know might be some people's cup of tea might not be. But yeah, but it needs to be everyone's cup of tea because relationships are universal, right? There's nothing you can do on this planet that does not 
include relating to someone else. And if you do have traumas and wounds that have not been resolved, they will impact your ability to go to your next level. So I think we all need to get that book. Who is it by? Neil Strauss. Neil Strauss. I'm going to add it to my list for sure. All right. And then quote, what's one quote you live by? Uh, So many. I like control equals power equals responsibility. Mm, I don't know who said it, but it's it's true. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. My team will look it up and if we can find it, we'll give them credit in the show notes. And then the tool, what is the tool that you swear by? I'll give you one that's kind of cool and it'll, it'll apply to a lot of people too, especially if they're creating content. It's a transcription tool. It's called otter.ai. It's artificial intelligence. It transcribes your stuff and it's super quick and easy and accurate. Too. I was about to say, and it's extremely accurate because we yeah. use otter. So yeah, I love that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm so glad that we had you here. We'll put all of your details in the show notes so that the people can continue to just eat off of this feast that you've created for them. I'm excited because I feel like people are going to be on a journey to build more powerful relationships with people that will ultimately help them to do the work that they want to do at a greater depth out in the world. So thank you so much for coming and sharing your time and your talent with these amazing people in our community. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Didn't I tell you that that conversation was straight fire? It was so good. So many things that we touched on that really just made all the difference, I think. I mean, I have literally like pages of notes here as I want to break down to talk about some of the things that he said that I really, really loved. We talked a lot about mindset, right? And and questioning your value and how to stop doing that. We talked about approach anxiety. I had never even heard of that before Yakov said it, but the fear of getting rejected has probably stumped you in your tracks more times than you care to admit. And what about what ifing? And how many of you have what if your way out of an amazing opportunity to go to your next level? If you've been psyching yourself out and you've been really, really busy instead of building systems that are going to actually help you to take your business to the next level through partners, I know you had a great time listening to this conversation. And as I Yakov said towards the end of our interview, information is great but implementation is better. So I hope that you took copious notes, you write down, you wrote down exactly what it is you can begin to do differently so that the next time you approach a partner, you are able to stand tall, you are able to communicate with confidence and you are able to clearly articulate your value and how you're gonna make a difference for their community. I'm really excited about what's going to happen for you as you continue to list back powerful, powerful interview that Yaakov and I had. So many amazing nuggets that were here. If you enjoyed our conversation and you want to connect directly with Yaakov, you want to check out the show notes. We'll have a link there to his websites and everything that he's got working on. We talked very briefly about a free training that he offers. And I know that if you are interested in building out some dream referral networks and partnerships, you're going to want to access that. So we've got all the deets there for you inside of our show notes. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us today and hearing powerful conversation. And I just want to remind you that right now at this moment, you have it. You have it. You are enough. You are more than enough. You are a gift to any community that you decide to be a part of. Keep that in mind and we'll chat again soon. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. The way I see it, you deserve a business that generates millions. If you're ready to get started, grab our Move to Millions quick start guide and join our online community at movetomillionsgroup.com. If you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor, head on over to iTunes, 
Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright. And to access them, all you have to do is move. I'll see you next time. Take care.